millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If you have had a traumatic experience and you haven't been parented well and you have to, you know, reparent yourself... You are trying to unlearn, relearn, and apply all at the same time. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of It Ain't Week to Speak. My name is Sam Webb, and this show is dedicated to ending the stigma around mental health through community, connection, and the hard-hitting truth. I'll be speaking with guests from all over the world about life to inspire and to educate people to speak up so that we can save more lives. Thank you for joining me on this journey. G'day everyone and welcome back on to the podcast. It's so good to have you guys back here with me today. My name is Sam Webb. For those of you who don't know, this is the It Ain't Week to Speak podcast powered by Livin' and our wonderful charity and all you amazing people from all around the world that support us. Before I get into today's guest, her name is Revy Jane, an absolute superstar on the Gold Coast in Australia, does remarkable things in a whole bunch of different areas. I can't wait to get her onto the podcast, but before I do, I want to share with you today a little bit of the webs of wisdom. Practice self-compassion, guys. I don't know what you're up to right now or or where you're at in your life, but take a moment out today to practice some kindness to yourself. Pat yourself on the back for the journey that you're on and what you've accomplished to to date in your life. It's not always perfect. It certainly isn't always, you know, happiness, and there are times of challenge, but you do work hard and you, you put in the time and you put in the effort to get to where you are today or to get through some of the challenges that you've been through or that you are currently going through, and it's not easy. So take some time time out today to, to reward yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror and be proud of where you've come and what you've done and what you're about to embark on. So that's my words of wisdom or what I like to say webs of wisdom for today. But enough of that, let's get straight to our next guest because she's an absolute beauty. Her name is Revy Jane Schultz. Some of you might know her. She's one of Australia's leading content creators. She's a podcaster. She runs the Empowered Podcast and she's also a speaker. Revy actually at 21 pioneered one of the first female-only gyms in Australia. She's extremely tech-savvy, extremely successful, but beneath all of that, Revy has a, has a very traumatic and diverse childhood, a past, that I really want to talk to her about today. I want to unpack that on a number of different levels. I want to find out her challenges with CPTSD and anxiety, where that started for her, how she manages it day-to-day. But on top of that, I want to speak with Revy about what it takes to be a wonderful mother. She's got two beautiful young kids, uh, Lexi and Lola, and a great husband, Clay, and they do great work together. And I want to speak to her about her own challenges, but obviously being a mum and how that's like and what she teaches her kids, seeing as though you know her childhood was chaos, to say it lightly, and I'm sure she'll, she'll get into that. Yeah, I really want to focus on that. I want to talk to her about her challenges, but also the amazing work that she does because she's extremely successful. And for those of you who don't know or follow her on social media, go and follow her because she puts out some beautiful things to the world, especially the female community. She's empowering other people 
that might have gone down similar roads to herself to be better and to challenge the everyday normal expectations of life and i think that goes a long way and it's going to go a long way in this podcast today so without me rambling on any further let's go I've got this amazing, amazing woman on the podcast today. Her name is Revy Jane. Welcome onto the podcast, Revy. It's so good to have you on here. Oh, thanks for having me, Sam. It's a pleasure. I'm looking forward to speaking to you today. I know a little bit about your journey, not enough, obviously, why I've got you on here. No need to be nervous or anything. We're just going to have a nice, open, honest conversation today so that we can help educate our audience around some of your own personal experiences, your own journey, what you've learned over the years, your own mental health battles, why you do what you do what motivates you every day and what keeps you going, I guess. But I want to rewind this to the very beginning and talk to you about your journey as to where you are right now. You're in a podcast studio, you do your own podcasts. We can always talk about that as well. But what got you to this very moment in time? And we'll talk about everything else, but I want to know where you're sitting right now as of right now today. How did you get here? I basically started a gym when I was about 21. So in 2013, I started my own female-only gym and it really kind of projected me into the online space. Back in 2013, Instagram was very, very new. So having a female-only gym where we had pink weights, we had a pink building, everything kind of just started to snowball and we quickly became one of the biggest gyms and followed gyms in the world because I kind of had like a, a natural digital marketing eye. So that was cool. And I started to realize a lot of people were wondering not just about the gym, but wanted the person behind the gym. So I started sharing, you know, my fitness journey and I quickly grew a really big platform on Instagram. And that was, yeah, back in 2013. And so that has created a heap of opportunities for me and is now my full-time role, I guess, is content creation. And like the podcast, like you said, has created so many different opportunities. So, you know, to begin with, I was pretty surface level. I was really focused on fitness. And then when I became a mother at 25 in 2016, I guess that was a catalyst for really embracing the whole vulnerability thing, the whole sharing my truths, sharing my story. And I started to kind of really pull back the layers. I guess as I've grown, as I've evolved and and softened, that has become more of my purpose. And I've become braver with my platform. It's so big, it causes me to be you know, hesitant sometimes to share so much. But I then had my second daughter in 2018. And that's when I decided that I'm going to go on a national speaking tour where we you know, went to four different locations in Australia sold out in every city and I shared my story. And my story is a really unconventional one. A lot of people didn't know from the many years, the six years before that, that I'd you know, had established my personal brand. They didn't realize the depths of my trauma, that I lived with mental conditions such as CPTSD and anxiety. You really couldn't tell. And I guess it became really a bigger purpose, a deeper purpose within me to share this because I did a meet and greet after each stop in that city and I connected with these women who poured their hearts out to me and even though we didn't have specifically the same situations unfold and circumstances were so different, we all had this beautiful deep connection and they saw themselves in my story and I provided something that I think is absolutely vital in life and that's hope. Some people were still in DV relationships, some people were going through separations with their partner or trying to overcome childhood trauma. 
And they looked at me like, how? How could you have gone through that and to be living with that? I, I had no idea. So that really lit a fire in my belly to share more. And then I started to really open up through my socials, which is still terrifying to this day. But it's usually 99.9% of the time met with so much love. And I feel like it was one thing to be embraced and celebrated for my achievements fitness-wise, for my achievements through entrepreneurship. But I think to be embraced and loved while truly seen has been so healing, so, so healing, so liberating. So that's what I'm continuing to do now. Okay, well, you've touched on so many little gold nuggets during that last few minutes. So I want to I want to take you back a little bit. So you obviously to create one of the biggest female follow gyms in the world at that time. What background have you got? Have you got business background? Did you go to college? What's your background? Did you have a passion for entrepreneurship? How did this come about? And what drove it? What drove it? Yes. Okay. That's a really key thing here is what drove it. Because growing up, as I've touched on, I had a really, yeah, turbulent hostile environment. You know, in hindsight, I only kind of discovered this, but the one thing that kept me going is my sport and my physical movement in high school. You know, I was relatively good at sport. I made like, you know, representative teams and that, and then I would get to a certain point and I'd have to pay or, you know, I'd have to be driven to a different city or whatever. I couldn't go any further. So I was relatively good at it, never made anything out of it, obviously, but I just was addicted to that feeling of just being on the field and not being judged or just everything went away. And I was just free for that moment of like some of the things that I was trying to escape. And when I finished high school, all of that stopped and I got a desk job and I became really depressed, really overweight. And I realized that the one thing that was missing was that sport again. So I went back and joined a gym, did my certificates in fitness, and then realized what that was doing for me mentally. You know, through my teens having depression, I wasn't aware that that was such a therapy for me. And then I just, I really struggled with self-worth and I really struggled to respect myself. And the first taste of self-respect I got was through rediscovering myself in the gym you know, saying to myself, you can't do that. You can't lift that. You can't run that. You can't get that many reps in. And then doing it was the first time that I really felt like I could do something that I once thought I couldn't. And that was freeing for me. That was so, yeah, empowering. Was it a sense of like finding some of your worth? Did you feel like throughout your turbulent and chaotic upbringing, which I do want to talk about if you don't mind? Yeah. Was it a sense of like gaining back that control and that self-worth that you probably never had at a young age? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And so I wanted to share that with as many women as I possibly could because It was life-changing for me. It was like really building myself back up from down in the pits. And I wanted to share that with as many women as I possibly could. So I started an all-female gym. I first of all started renting in a space within another gym and said, hey, can I please rent, you know, this corner? And I borrow their equipment and then, you know, pay my rent there. And then I got enough members to really start my own place. And so I did that when I was 21. We grew into a really big gym and it's still like within my members that I still speak to today, like one of our favorite lifetime moments. Like it's still that community, Uh that feeling, the environment. It was just so supportive, so empowering. And we're so forever grateful for that time of my life. And then it slowly kind of went all online, like trying to 
build women up and try to show them that they're so capable and that your past does not define your future and all of those kind of messages that I was putting into the gym slowly turned into the online space and that's kind of what has brought me here today. It's unreal because you've, you've done so many amazing things at such a young age already and you've got an amazing family and, and obviously I don't know you personally, I'm just saying that from what I'm getting from yourself and what I can see. You talk about a turbulent and chaotic upbringing and I'm trying to resonate to a certain degree here with my own journey. What was the feeling of being on a sports field or being involved in sports at a young age? You mentioned that it took you away from that turbulence and that, that feeling of chaos. Was it like a therapeutic? Was it a sense of release? Was it a sense of escaping that dilemma that was happening in in your life or you wanted to silence out the voices that were in your mind? What actually was it? All of the above and I mainly played touch football. So when I was thinking of, you know, a play, I was not thinking of the shit that I just woke up to or, you know, what I had to go home to, like that feeling of like, what am I going to walk into when I got home? When I was thinking about who I'm going to pass to, I'm going to dummy here, like it just took me away. And I feel like that was my childhood. I didn't have much of a childhood and that was where I was able to be a child, where I was able to play, where I was able to like have tongue in cheek on the field and my peers really respected me. I was bullied a lot through primary school and high school. And that was the one place where I felt like I belonged. I could just join any kind of like group of people and just be equal. Just fit in. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. And you keep mentioning about the home. What was I going to walk into when I got home? How bad did it get for you? What sort of situations are we talking about? Domestic violence, abuse, physical, emotional, mental? And only share what you want to share. This is completely open to whatever you're comfortable with. I guess there's being comfortable and then there's like thinking of helping people. And I always go back to that. I'm like, it's not about being comfortable. It's about who you want to connect with and inspire and how many people you want to impact so when I think about that that gives me strength you know to paint a picture my father and mother were you know my mother specifically was narcissistic my father was an abusive alcoholic my father left us when I was about eight years old and they built my abandonment issues Um, he was also sexually abusive so a lot of my relationship with him was manipulative grooming And then my mother was, uh, she suffered from BPD. And so she was narcissistic, mentally, emotionally and physically abusive. Being around her was like walking on eggshells. I did not know what I was ever going to walk into. She is the foundation of my inability to see my my worth. Um, Take your time, Ravi. We don't have to keep talking about it. It's completely up to you. No, I'm trying to, I want to get this out. It's just been a while since I've dived into it. And as you can see, the wounds are still tip top. Yeah, so I had a little bit of a teary there, but I'm, I'm going to push through. So I really struggled to believe that I was worthy. And then that's kind of eventuated into, you know, why in my Instagram bio I have working on worthiness out loud, because this is my lifelong journey now of the trauma that I've endured. And then when I was 13, my mother eventually left and I was left in my family home. And yeah, I went to school every day. I started self-harming when I was about, I think I was in year seven. It was the first time I remember doing anything to myself to hurt myself. And it's surely because I thought that I deserved it. And it's all I knew. I started seeing a school counsellor and that turned into, you know, counselling outside of school. I took myself to school every day because school was better than staying at home. I was in two minds. Like I could have been 
this is what is destined for me and that I don't deserve to be loved. Or you could just try and, and get through this time of your life. I was definitely depressed and um, I had tried to take my life because I didn't think that I was meant to be here. When I was 17, I moved into a friend's house and they took me under their wing and they didn't legally ever adopt me, but they're still very much in my life today. And the lady, Deb, she took me in as her own and and showed me that I was lovable. And that was the first time that I ever thought that I was. And then from there, I um, started seeing a psychologist, started trying to unpack what I had been through and what that looked like for me in the future. Discovered that I was coming out of depression, living with anxiety and CPTSD, which is complex post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, so that's, you know, what I'm trying to share now is awareness around those conditions, awareness around the fact that they don't define me. You know, for 90% of my listeners or people in the community, they had never picked up on the fact that I would be living with these conditions, that my life is full of moments of joy, moments of hardship, lighter moments, darker moments, that this healing journey is definitely not linear. This healing journey is many, many layers of Mm. many chapters. And yeah, like I said, some are beautiful, some are so hard. But the bottom line is that it's just the human experience. It's not a destination. Healing isn't like I've arrived. Healing is, is the journey and every moment can pass, good or bad. So I feel like that's what I'm trying to share now through my podcast, through my socials and through people I meet in everyday life. Like I love kind of having these deep connections with people and being vulnerable. I feel like I have that resilience to show up and brighten someone else's day whilst knowing that I just went through a really hard conversation but potentially have impacted someone in a way that is so deep and so needed because it's so hard to talk about. Mm, And it is so hard to talk about. And look, Revy, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing with all of us and myself obviously included on, on such a deep level. It never really gets easier to tell those stories. Maybe some days might be a fraction easier, but they're still there. They're still embedded in your life. And that's what makes us all unique. And very grateful for you to share that because no doubt there are so many people who are probably either listening or who want to hear things like that to help someone in their life to sort of understand what they may be going through in their own regard. Because a lot of people are uneducated in this stuff. And they still are, and there's a lot of stigma that's still around it. But you mentioned something there, which I, I wanna I wanna explore, as to why you felt that way. You mentioned there before you self harmed in grade seven because you felt like you deserved it. Why did you feel like you deserved it? Well, I think that's part of the trauma bond. So a trauma bond is when you have been conditioned to something that you know. It's like if you sing a kid a lullaby, or you say to a kid, "This is how this dynamic works. This is how this relationship should feel." And that can be positive or negative, unfortunately, but it's their comfort. It's what they know. And so when you do that with a child and you push them down, push them down, push them down to the point where their baseline is just feeling unloved. That's what you do to a child when you don't nourish and nurture it and you put it down. So I felt that was what I knew. That's what I thought that I deserved I didn't know any different. I didn't know how to self-soothe. 
I had no idea what it felt like to not hate myself at that age. So this this conversation about self love, you know, as much as people think oh, it's you know a trend or whatever, I'm so happy that this is common language because it wasn't mm. for me. And maybe a child needs to hear what self love is and discover what it looks like to take care of themselves because that was just never in my dialogue as a child. Sounds like with the parenting and home life was pretty dysfunctional, pretty chaotic. How does someone at 12 or 13 years of age, you in grade seven, how do you take on all of this stuff and still be functioning? I yeah. was numb for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then when I would let it in, I would not want to be here. I remember reading the quote by Carl Jung, the philosopher, that said, mm -hmm. you know, I am not what has happened to me. I am who I choose to become. I remember reading that in like my senior year of schooling and just hanging on to that for dear life because what the record would show or what the statistics showed was completely against me. You know, I'm from Logan. Like it just was everything <laughs> was against me, like DV, sexual abuse, no, no parents, like fuck, it just wasn't looking very bright to say the least. But I think I just hung on to any moment of kindness. Yeah, like the, some of the teachers were really lovely to me. I went through a lot of bullying, but I also had some friends along the way that were just monumental in my development. And like I said to you earlier on, I, people underestimate the power of movement in body, but I, that was healing me. The sport was healing me. The exercise, the endorphins, it was therapy and helping me along the way. I wanted to go to school to get to training, you know. That was like your therapeutic outlet sort of thing that sort of numbed things, made you feel good about yourself. You were around a community that you felt like you just fitted in easily. It wasn't an effort and you were just a natural at it. I really do appreciate you sharing that with us. I listened to, to one of your podcasts where you talk about your trauma and you unpacked your trauma, one of your very first episodes on your podcast, Empowered. And I just want to find out, how do you manage with it day to day with anxiety and you know complex post-traumatic stress disorder? How do you manage on, on rough days? How do you manage yourself on days where, where they're not bright and they're not as good as you want them to be? Well, I'm 30 now and my response to hardships is still I can be triggered and want to close off but I have done so much work Sam to recognize I've learned I've read so many books on childhood trauma and understanding what CPTSD is understanding what how my anxiety looks embracing that imperfection embracing and knowing that that is a superpower in, in many ways and it provides a lot of hardship and struggle but it also provides me with an empathy most people lack or a, a lot of people just don't have. I have a hypervigilance about me that a lot of people don't have that I can you know read things a lot of people can't. So I feel like I've really embraced my conditions. I don't really see them as illnesses. I don't really try and like label it as Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's a negative thing. Yes, it's fucking hard. I mean, it's made me who I am. And I love myself. I love myself. I love who I am. I love the mother that I am to my kids. I love the wife that I am to my husband. I love the friend that I am. I love who I am to myself because I fucking saved myself. And I've had so much help along the way. But I chose this. You know, I took on the driver's seat and said, like, fuck that. I'm doing this. I'm not Mm. listening to that. I had 10 million voices in my head saying, you do not have this, you are not worth it, you're not going to make it, you're a piece of shit. All of those voices echoing on such a deep level. And I just listened to one voice that said, maybe you can, maybe you can rewrite your story and maybe it's going to be magical. And like I'm sitting here and I just feel like it is, like I do feel like every day is a gift and I feel so, so happy. I love that, Revy, and it's it sounds like you've absolutely been on, on one hell of a roller coaster, to say the very least, over the years. You've accomplished a lot over your 30 years, achieved milestones. Obviously, you've gone through life's greatest challenges that you know life has thrown at you in particular, and you've used them in, in your own way to, to grow yourself and, and grow your wonderful family. You've got two young girls, a husband, and your community. Before I talk to you about the importance of family and family first is one of our values at Livin. I want to ask you this question. I don't know if you get asked this often, but I wanted to ask you this. Have you been able to talk to young Revy? Yeah, I've done a lot of inner healing, child healing, um, and gone back and talked to myself. It has been the most confronting work that I've done because I could see and like it's not beyond me that I had two daughters and my firstborn is a spitting image of me and children come into your life and they are just such a mirror like they just come into you and go 
you know how you had this like the stuff that comes out of that child's mouth i don't know how she knows but they just wow. have a way of showing up and pointing a mirror at you and going like you know how you think i deserve so much love you were me and that has been such a catalyst again and like another layer like motherhood is just such a trip but the healing work within motherhood is so intense but yes i have gone back and spoken to younger rev and you know the biggest thing i had to say to her was like none of this was your fault and all of it felt like my fault and i i don't know how abusive people and narcissists can make you feel like the reason you're in all of this shit as a 3-year-old, 5-year-old, 7-year-old, 12-year-old is your fault. It's so sad. It's so sad. Yeah. It's so depressing and so toxic. But yeah, like the inner healing of a child is so profound and I I've spoken about that on my podcast as well. But I guess, you know, to go back and answer your question as well about managing a hard day. Like I said, I originally or instinctually want to close off and then I remember the work that I've done and it's to meet myself as if I'm meeting a friend or meeting someone I love and that's what I have to come back to. I love you, Rev. So here's how I'm going to meet you. Here's how I'm going to support you and that's with self-compassion and empathy and patience. Like patience is a big one. Like the biggest thing I struggle with now with CPTSD is the frustration. I go fuck this again really this again are you serious you know the nightmares the triggers the intrusive thoughts the intrusive thoughts really impacts me as a mother because i want to be with my children i want to absorb them they're so young and they're so little and they change every day and so when there's an intrusive thought which was so amplified during the newborn stage where you're sleep deprived, if you're sleep deprived and your adrenals are shot, then your intrusive thoughts are heightened. It robs you. And so that's what I mean by the catalyst of like wanting to heal more as a mother, because you don't want to be robbed of those moments. They're fleeting. So it was really important for me to heal further and and to really get on top of it. But yeah, to go back and answer your question, it's meeting yourself with self-compassion, which is a learnt behaviour especially if you've faced trauma from abusive people. Well said, absolutely well said. And I think the importance of going back and mending the relationship with older Revy and younger Revy, I think is really important to create that safe space because I think, and it's something that I'm working through right now with my psychologist, believe it or not. Uh, and I, and, the, and then why, why I ask that is because it's so important because as people, we always carry our inner child our whole life. And it's really important that those two relationships are in sync and they get along with one another because I feel like when they're not in sync and you're carrying past trauma or chaos into your new life or your older life, that's when you're at constant friction and it's bound to have problems. And I feel like it's something that we've just started working on here in LA with my psychologist. It's been a game changer, a long way to go, but it's a really nice, neat way to look at working through challenges in your life. And I think we've all got challenges in one way or another. And it's not like you, in life, it's like you get through these traumas or these problems or challenges, whatever way you want to look at them and think that's it. Once they're done, they're, they're never coming back. 
that would be a lie saying that and I wouldn't be telling the truth. You know, I've silenced problems and challenges in the past that have come back to haunt me probably twice as bad in, in years to come. And new challenges come up that you've just got to work through. And sometimes your old habits and your old ways of managing PTSD or anxiety or depression or bipolar disorder don't work anymore. So there it's about, you know, what works for current day Sam or current day Revy that's going to work best for me to serve myself or my family or my loved ones. And how can I show up for myself, I think, is one of the most important things, you know, because I think we're our own toughest critics. And when things don't go the way we like them, like you mentioned earlier, you get frustrated and why is this happening again? Or I've dealt with this 500 times and it's like the 600th time you'd think it's going to get easier, but sometimes it doesn't get easier. And it's just about just sitting with that and embracing it, you know, because it's tough work and it's not easy at all. I don't know if you relate to this, but do you sometimes feel like a burden to your partner because you're like, hey, I'm going through this again? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's like the same shit over and over again. And I'm like, all right, I figured out a a mechanism here to fix this and I'm going to work on it and I'll work on it. I'll work on it and it comes back. I'm very lucky I've got an amazing partner and she's, Nadia's extremely open. Like she's so emotionally... uh, intelligent for how old she is and yeah she she's faced her own traumas in the past so i think we connected on that front more than anything on that emotional side but it makes a big difference when you've got a partner in your life who can understand you as best as they can who listens who creates that space for you and knows when to not be in your space if you are struggling because <laughs> sometimes you, you do need your own space you know and that's just the way it is but you know like what do you instill now for your your two girls Lexi and Lola like as a mom like you you went through such a traumatic upbringing right such a tough time like I can't sit here and say I know how you feel I don't know how you feel at all I'm listening and it sounds like it was very 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 tough to say the very least but what's so important for you now as a mum? Now that you're on the reverse side of this, you're now the mother bringing up two beautiful girls. What's most important for you as a mum? What do you instill? And it's so important at a young age. First of all, I've had to reparent myself. You know, I'm raising two girls with my husband, Clay, but I'm raising myself at the same time through every stage of life. I don't think anyone talks about that. Like, if you have had a traumatic experience and you haven't been parented well and you have to, you know, reparent yourself, you are trying to unlearn, relearn and apply all at the same time. And they're not stopping for anyone or anything. So I am trying to, again, meet myself with self-compassion within my parenting. And the number one thing I'm trying to teach them is stepping away from that idealization of situations and, and perceptions of themselves and knowing that the human experience is not this or that, it's this and that. You know, if you step up today, that's okay. You might have an awesome day tomorrow. Neither of those days should be seen as really good or bad, but that it's part of the human experience and that when they stuff up, they are still loved. Bottom line, no matter what you do, no matter what you say, you are still loved. And I think also that the most important love that they can receive is the one from themselves because as long as they're honouring themselves, they're going to lead a full life. You know, it doesn't really matter what I approve of. It really matters what, which is a scary thing to say, raising two children. You know, it's not to say... Guys, I don't care if you go do drugs, but it's more that, you know, 
my job as a parent isn't to shape them into what I could have been or fulfill my dreams. It's like understand what you want and discover who you are. And I'm here to help you guide through this crazy thing called life. I am not perfect. I get shit wrong all the time. And I'm happy to have a conversation with you about that. I'm happy to own my flaws. I'm happy to grow with you. This connection between mother and daughter, like I'm so grateful and love you unconditionally. And, you know, let's just have as much fun and help each other through as much hard stuff as we need to and live fulfilled lives. I think that's kind of what I'm trying to teach them. Yeah, that's a really, really nice way to look at it, though, because it's great advice. I believe it's amazing advice, but also the way you looked at it, you're almost parenting yourself. You've got three kids. That's a really, really fascinating way to look at this because that would take a lot of work. Do you ever get to a point where you, you, you've, you've done something for the girls or you're making a, a mother decision and you think that's the best decision and then you go, hang on. What do I need? Is this also going to help me? Not that it's meant to help you, but like, is this the right decision that I would want as a, as a kid because I didn't have that growing up or how does it work? I mean, I guess we're learning on the spot all the time as parents, you know, every single day there's something that comes up and you're like, oh shit. And the thing is that everyone thinks that mums know, everyone thinks parents know. Mm -hmm. Like I remember going to a park with a three-month-old Lexi as a first-time mother going to the park and just looking at all the mums and going... Everyone here knows what they're doing. And the truth is every single mother is figuring this shit out. You talk about first time. Everything you go through was the first time. Your first time as a mother of a one-year-old, the first time your kid goes to school. But even the second one, even though you've been through that, and yes, it may slightly be easier, you've never done it with an older kid or a younger kid at the same time. So you, it's never the same. It's always changing and it's always challenging. And I feel like there's not enough vulnerability within mums to be like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> because there's no real book. And we've got to like learn from the, you know, you say you're a student of life. Like that's what this all is. It's like, okay, that wasn't ideal. Let's do this this way next time. And not berating yourself and like, you know, putting yourself down for making that you know, mistake, I hate to use that word, but if your question is more so about like whether it's therapeutic and healing to provide my kids with something that I was never provided with, then absolutely. Like, And there is a reparenting, like you said, you were doing inner child healing work. Meeting my kids when they are going through struggle and they, you know, are going through a really tough time and fully validating and sitting with them is so therapeutic to me because- I just can't even imagine what that feels like, you know. I'm like, wow. You're like, I've never experienced that. Yeah, so it's breaking the cycle, right? Like we don't give enough credit to the people who are showing up and breaking generational trauma and generational abuse. Like it's so hard. It is so, so hard. I know that down my family line, it just it, it happened a lot. My mother was one of 11. She was raised in Indonesia in a really horrible time. She was abused on a multitude of levels. And I know, yeah, before that, her mother was almost the same. So to meet Lexi and Lola with love and also on that, to not expect them to be grateful for that by any means. Like on the cusp of breaking the cycle, there's the parent that's like, well, I've given you this, so you should be grateful. It's like, no, they shouldn't. Like it's not a credit to anyone to 
treat your kid with love and nourishment, that's a prerequisite of being a good parent. You're right. You're exactly right. And what do you what do you say to all the people out there who might be listening that might might have struggled with a past trauma in a similar instance that you might have? What sort of advice could you give them if they're struggling to talk about it or if they're just struggling to even acknowledge it and make peace with it? I think as hard as it is to unpack and as hard as it is to lift that lid, it's terrifying. And like you just heard revisiting it in a podcast can bring up the hairs in the back of my neck to stand up and to feel tiny again, to feel this big again. But on the other side, once you let that out, once you unpack it, it's like a piece of china cracking. It lets the light in. And that's how I feel about my healing. It's like every time I take a layer off or I crack a little bit more, yes, it's painful and it's hard and it hurts, but it also gives me the ability to feel on a deeper level and when that feeling is joy I feel a joy I've never felt before and that's so powerful and magical so you know I feel like it's freeing to unpack your trauma as hard as it is and and finding that right psychologist and finding a partner or a friend that you can speak to can be really hard but trusting within yourself that you are worthy of being safe, being loved, being seen and heard, that's your birthright. You don't need to meet prerequisites to get those things. That's your right as a human being. Love it, Revy. I love it. And a question I want to ask you as well to wrap up this podcast is, do you learn to forgive? Do you learn to forgive the, the people in your life that gave you some of that trauma from a young age? Do you forgive them? I think this is a really interesting question because I think there's two ways you can look at this. I think where you land is you don't want to be in the anger phase. You want to be in the forgiveness stage. But I also think I forgived really early on in my 20s. I was like, I forgive my mother. I forgive my father. They were just doing the best that they could. And that's what you hear a lot. And I think as I've grown, I've understood that their best still was unacceptable. You know, I don't accept that behavior from anyone. I will not allow that to be treated like that. So, yes, I forgive them in the way that I don't want to hold on to any anger. But also, being that it's unacceptable and the hurt that that has caused me, any anger that I experience is completely valid. And anger is like, is an emotion that is really taboo sometimes. Like, you know, an angry woman, we want to avoid that. Oh, don't, oh, she's angry. You know, Mm -hmm. anger is a fucking valid, powerful, (laughs) beautiful emotion that we need to get out. And if you have Mm -hmm. anger towards your parents, that doesn't mean that you love them any less. Your anger towards them is completely valid still. You can have a standard that you need in order to have a relationship with them. That is the bottom line. If someone is abusing you or if someone is mistreating you or disrespecting you, they can have good intentions, but you can also have boundaries and you can also have mm. anger towards that person and still love them. So yeah, like I've accepted everything. I don't think I'll ever arrive at a place where I'm like, I am at peace. I get mm. there, but then I also then go, fuck you. I get that. I feel that. You've got every right to feel those those emotions and I think it's so important that we acknowledge those emotions and not shy away from them. You've got every right to feel the way you do. People listening right now, you've got every right to feel the way you feel about things and you can't compare your emotions to somebody else's for something similar or might not be as big as your problem or you think it's perceived as a smaller problem so why are you worrying about your problem? 
I feel like everyone's challenges and emotions are always valid. And I'm a big advocate for what you've just said. And I thank you so much for sharing with all of us your journey, where you're at now. You've got some bright, bright stuff looking up in the future, no doubt. And to bring us all home on this podcast, what is your biggest, biggest piece of advice you could give us? Oh, man, you know, everything is temporary. If you're going through a shit time right now, it will pass. But if you're going through a really good time, it will pass. So enjoy the good times and know that the bad times won't last forever. Love it. Very succinct, very simple. And I appreciate that as well because it's something that I try and speak on often. Life isn't always perfect. It's certainly not always bad either. And with time and with patience and speaking to the right people or asking the right questions or asking any questions sometimes can change a situation in an instant sometimes. So don't give up, guys. You heard Revy. The advice that she's given today has been exceptional. Where can we find you, Revy? Where can people hunt you down if they want to follow your journey, get in touch with your podcast, listen, and all that sort of great stuff? Yeah, predominantly I'm on Instagram at Revy Jane, which you can find in the show notes, I'm sure. But then also, if you're kind of more after like the deeper conversations like we had today with Sam, I'm on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Empowered with Revy. You heard it, guys. Thank you so much, Revy. It's been an absolute pleasure and an honor having you on the podcast today i hope you have an amazing afternoon back home or morning i should say morning yeah still the morning until next time you take care look after yourself practice plenty of self-care eh it's been an absolute pleasure and hopefully we get to cross paths on the goldie one day we will no doubt we will thanks sam thank you again for listening in to another episode of it ain't week to speak please like share and spread the love to as many people as you can let people know that you subscribe to the show Don't forget to leave a review or a comment so that we can grow this community together because a conversation could save a life. If you want to continue this chat, please join me on the podcast Facebook group at livin.org. I can't wait to share the next episode with you, but in the meantime, stay well, keep living, and remember, it ain't weak to speak. Thank you and have a top day. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 